0: Hey, I want to see if you can finish this childhood rhyme with me right now sticks and stones may you can do better than that can't you let's do this sticks and stones may now that is a bunch of baloney isn't it can I just talk like a farmer for a bit here that is not true Sticks and stones, in fact, can, especially when you get older like me, uh, cause you to fall, maybe break a bone, but so can words. Words can break a heart. Words can destroy a life. And so today, King Solomon in the book of Proverbs is going to warn us about our words. He's going to teach us that a wise guy or gal watches his or her words daily. They guard their speech and what comes out of their mouth. King Solomon today is going to challenge us to control our tongues. Tough assignment, huh? To control our tongues. And he's going to do it by sharing with us 12 bits of wisdom. Yeah, you heard me right. 12 bits of wisdom concerning our words, and the first one is this, and I really want to encourage you to write these down today. The first one is this, words are powerful. Open your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 12, verse 18, and I really want you to use your Bibles with me today. Uh, I know the the verses are going to be on the screen, and we appreciate that, but you know, there's just something powerful about reading from the actual Bible. Because that, that ought to have authority in our life, shouldn't it? And so today we're going to try to use our Bibles as much as possible. We're actually going to cover a multitude of verses. But notice how this verse begins. It says, there is one whose rash or reckless words are like sword, sword for us, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. There is one whose reckless, rash words are like sword thrusts, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Now, we need to ask a couple questions this morning. What are rash, worthless, or restless, reckless words? Well, I'd like to suggest today that these are words that you and I say without thinking. They are impulsive words that aren't checked by the fruit of the Spirit called self-control. And you are especially likely to speak reckless, rash words when your defenses are down, such as when you're tired, stressed out, irritated, frustrated, feeling put out, feeling used, feeling ill. For instance... Reckless, rash words could be spoken by a dad. Suppose a a dad is trying to fix something in the house this week. And he sends his little son to go get a tool for him. But a few minutes later, the son returns without the tool. And the father instantly snaps and says, Can't you ever find anything? Those are reckless words, aren't they? Rash words like, like a sword and they wound the child's spirit. But this verse also talks about healing words. What, what are healing words? Healing words, according to this proverb 1218, are wise words. They are words that are carefully chosen to meet the need of the person hearing them. Wise words or healing words are usually not spoken in haste or Out of emotional reactions, but words that reflect God's perspective on a situation. Let's think about that father again that's fixing something in his house and sends his little boy to get a tool for him, but he returns without the tool. Wouldn't it have better if he said, you know what son, you're usually really good at finding things. That tool must be misplaced somewhere. Let's go and look for it together. You see the difference? The words we speak to each other are really, really, really powerful, aren't they? Let's look at another verse that talks about this. In chapter 18 of Proverbs, verse 21, turn to it. Chapter 18, verse 21 It says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Now, if you think King Solomon is overstating things, just think back on your own life for a moment with me. Can you recall right now any words that were said to you or about you that Brought about some sort of death in your life. The death of a dream, the death of a relationship, the death death of your self image. How about words like, you're just average, or you can't do anything right, or it's all your fault, or you're ugly, you're a loser, you're stupid. Now think back again, and this time, can you recall any words spoken to you over time that were spoken to you or about you that brought you life, that gave you hope for the future, excitement about your purpose in life, and made you feel good about yourself? Words like, I believe in you. You've got what it takes you are so talented, or you're a winner. Or here are some words that were spoken to me when I was just a teenager at church after a youth program on a Sunday evening. This gentleman came up to me and said, Roger, you ought to think about being a pastor. You've got the gift. You've got the gift to teach God's Word. And God used words like that to lead me into my life vocation and my calling. You see, whether we realize it or not, there is the power of life and the power of death in the words we speak to each other. Everything you have said this week has either been life-giving or death-dealing. And there is nothing in between. The tongue has the power to kill, to destroy, to hurt, to maim, and to devastate. But, but, listen to me, church. It also has the power to bring healing, joy, life, purpose, and delight. Words are powerful. One of the most beautiful singing voices in the late 60s and the late 70s, in the early 70s was that of Karen Carpenter, the talented singer who rose to stardom while singing with her brother, Richard. They were called the Carpenters. Sort of dates me here this morning, doesn't it? I grew up in this, this singing group. But at a young age of 32, Karen Carpenter died unexpectedly. Do you remember this story? Of heart failure. The result of many years of abuse, of abuse in her eating habits. She had anorexia, and later in life, it took her life. It caused her to die of a heart attack. And nobody really knew why she had this problem until after she died. It seems Karen had once heard a TV reporter refer to her as Richard Carpenter's chubby little sister. And those five little hurtful words became the catalyst that propelled Karen Carpenter down a self-destructive path to her death. Let me just read to us again Proverbs 18.21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. Words are powerful. And because words are powerful, King Solomon goes on to say, we need to think more. Write it down. Think more. Think more before you speak. Turn with me next to Proverbs chapter 15, verse 28. Now, I don't know about you, but most of my mouth mistakes are made because I simply don't engage my mind first. How about you? I've experienced the truth of Proverbs 12:18: rash or reckless words pierce like a sword throughout my life with people. And so when I say something unkind to my wife, Linda, who's sitting over here, it's usually because I've not spent any time thinking about what I should say to her. Instead, I just sometimes, you know, just let it fly out of my mouth. But this proverb, proverb 15, 28, challenges us to think before we talk. Because look at what it says, Proverbs 15:28. It says, the heart of the righteous, what, church? Ponders. That means thinks. Thinks before they speak. The heart of the righteous ponders how to answer, but the mouth of the wicked pours out evil things. And so, what is Solomon saying here? He's saying that we need to ponder before we pour out. You hear it? We need to ponder what we're going to say before we let it pour out on others. In fact, sometimes it's best not to answer at all. Turn over to Proverbs 26 with me for a moment. Proverbs 26, verse 4. says, answer not a fool according to his folly, lest you be like him yourself. In other words, before you answer, it's good to hit the pause button. Actually, it might be helpful to get into the habit starting this week to just, you know, take a deep breath so that you can reflect before you maybe respond to what somebody said to you. And so, because words are powerful, think more or think before you speak. And then, number three, talk less. <laughs> I don't know if you knew this, but our chances of blowing it with our words are directly related to the amount of time we spend with our mouths open. Are you with me on this? I actually like what the Quakers. Say, They say, you never break the silence unless you can improve on it. And here's something Abraham Lincoln said, and this is so true. It is better to remain silent and be thought a fool than to open your mouth and remove all doubt. (laughs) And that's exactly, I think, what King Solomon is saying in Proverbs 10.19. Let's turn to it. Proverbs 10.19. He says... When words are many, transgressions, it's a big word, isn't it? It means sin or sins. Sin is not lacking. But whoever restrains his lips is prudent or wise. In other words, the more we talk, the more chance we have to fall into some kind of sin. And the less we talk, the wiser we are sometimes. One of my favorite Proverbs is found in chapter 17. Let's turn to it. Proverbs 17, verses 27 and 28. It says, Whoever restrains his words has knowledge. And he who has a cool spirit is a man of understanding. Even a fool who keeps silent is considered wise. I think that's kind of humorous, actually. When he closes his lips, he is deemed intelligent. You know what? We really, really talk a lot. I did some research this week. According to researchers, each person here in this room will open his or her mouth on an average of 700 times a day this week. And in those 700 times, you will use an average of 18,000 words. And those 18,000 words would translate to about 54 printed pages. And so that means that in one year, an average person like you and me would fill 66 books of 800 pages each. We sure do talk a lot, don't we? And it wouldn't hurt any of us just a little bit to talk a little less than we do. Talk less. Then next, Solomon says we also ought to listen better. Because words are powerful, it's good to listen better. Actually, someone has said the reason we've been given two years... And one mouth is so that we would listen twice as much as we talk. Hmm. I'm not sure I'm doing very good at that. And that's exactly what King Solomon says in Proverbs 18, verse 13. Let's turn to it. Proverbs 18, verse 13. He says here, If one gives an answer... Before he what? Hears. Hears. It is his folly and shame. In other words, it's really, really important that we listen to each other before we speak. Then let's look at still another verse in chapter 29, verse 20. Proverbs 29, verse 20. Again, Solomon challenges us to be better listeners. He says, do you see a man who is hasty in his words? There is more hope for a fool than for him. Actually, this verse reminds me of something I once heard a preacher say. He said, the best way to stay out of trouble with your words is to keep your mouth shut. Pretty true. You know, one of my problems, I don't know if it's your problem, is that I'm often, so often not fully engaged with whoever I'm talking to. Instead of really listening, as they pour out their heart to me, many times I'm formulating in my mind the next thing I want to say, my answer. And consequently, I don't listen very well. But again, Proverbs 18, 13 says what? He who answers before listening, that is his folly and shame. You know, one of my goals (laughs) as a result of this sermon for the rest of this summer is to be more fully present with everyone I'm sharing a conversation with. To be more present, not thinking about what I want to say next, but truly listening, trying to understand what they're saying to me as they pour out their heart to me. To be silent and to listen without ending the conversation before God wants it to end. Maybe the poet said it best. Have you heard this poem? A wise owl lived in an oak. The more he heard, the less he spoke. The less he spoke, the more he heard... Why can't we all be like that wise old bird? Then next, King Solomon, and this is a big one, challenges us to encourage others. Write it down. That's number five, encourage others. And let's turn to Proverbs chapter 12, verse 25. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 25. This is a great verse. It says, anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down, but a good word makes him glad. Let me just read that again. Anxiety in a man or woman's heart weighs them down, but a good word, an encouraging word, makes him or her glad. Now, we all know this, don't we? Who of you have been anxious this week about something? Let's just have a moment of group confession here, okay? You know, this last week and this week, I I have been working five days at Souter Historic Village in Archville. That's that's my job, my full-time retirement job, as well as preparing sermons for you guys. And besides that, I'm I'm doing a wedding next weekend, in addition to coming and sharing Father's Day with you guys and to say the least I'll just be honest I have been anxious but my wife every day it seems has had an encouraging word for me a kind word and it cheered me up, it spurred me on, it lifted my spirits, you know what it did? it caused me to trust God more It says here, a heavy heart weighs a man down, but a kind word from a dear wife cheers him up. The question is, do we have kind words for the people around us? The people around us who have cares, that are weighed down by their anxieties. You know, life is heavy, life is hard, but Christians should, of all people, have kind words that lift others up. Let's look next at Proverbs 16, verse 24. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 24. It says, gracious words, encouraging words, are like what? A honeycomb. Sweetness to the soul and health to the body. Isn't that a great word picture? Gracious words are like honey." from a honeycomb. And for many of you, that's yummy, isn't it? Tasty. How many love honey? I'm not especially a honey lover. I love my honey, but honey, from a honeycomb, I'm just not real excited about it. But I know my wife loves it. And it's yummy to her. Isn't it great to come upon naturally occurring sweetness this proverb says that there are words pleasant words encouraging words that are sweet like honey like honey right from the honeycomb and they have a wonderful effect they are not just pleasant it says but sweet to the soul and healing to the body they are good for the spirit and for the body There are spiritual benefits to pleasant words and even physical, are you listening, church? Physical benefits to pleasant words. Our words have great power, not just for evil, but for good when we choose to encourage others. Let's move on. sixth bit of wisdom is to speak gently. I don't know if you knew this, but one of the best ways to evaporate anger from a conversation is to work at being calm, to work at being gentle, humble, kind in your response. Turn back to 15, chapter 15, verse 1. What does it say there? It says... A soft answer, a gentle answer, turns away what, church? Wrath. But a harsh word, I'm going to get back at you, a harsh word only stirs up anger. And so the next time you're talking to someone who's, you know, really torqued about something, really, really mad, instead of responding in turn like they are acting, give a gentle answer. You know, work this week getting your points across without, though, raising your voice. There's another verse that talks about this in chapter 25, look at it with me, 25, 15. Look what it says there. It says, with patience, a ruler may be persuaded and a soft, gentle tongue may be I love this. We'll break a bone. And so you and I need to harp less this week. Instead of angry words, we need to use gentle words in our relationships. Or here's how someone else said it. How you say something is just as important as what you say. How you say something is just as important as what you say this week. So speak gently. Let's move on. Number seven, cut others slack. Cut others slack. Now, most of us are way too tough on others. We expect, and I'm just speaking honestly here, most of the fingers are pointed back at me, we expect perfection from them while... Excusing many times our own behavior. We grow our grudges instead of giving grace. Listen to me, if you want to tame your tongue and give life to others this week, then practice this principle of cutting others slack. Turn with me again to chapter 12, Proverbs 12, verse 16. It says, the vexation of a fool is known at once, but the prudent, the patient, the wise ignores an insult. That's cutting others slack, right? That's cutting others slack big time. I mean, it's not easy to handle an insult, right? (laughs) I mean, when somebody insults me, I want to fight back. How about you? But no, no, just cut, cut them slack. Cut other slack. How many of you have ever attended a family life conference? Any of you? Marriage conference? A few of us. Well, they got this, uh, this thing you, you say to your wife, your spouse at these events that really describes what I'm talking about here when I say, you know, we got to cut each other's slack more. And the phrase is this, not wrong, just different. Why don't you turn to somebody and just say that right now? Not wrong, just different. Come on, let's do it. Not wrong, just different. Yeah. Isn't that the truth? So many times we think the other person is wrong, but no, they're not wrong. They just have a different idea, a different opinion. A different answer. And so many times, our arguments are about our differences. It isn't really about sin in the other person's life. It's, it's just, it just has to do with our differences. Let me suggest that you begin practicing that phrase in all your relationships. Not wrong, just different. Different. It will help you cut others some slack and in the process, provide you with, I would suggest today, much greater relational harmony. In addition, if you're nursing a grudge against someone in the church or in your family or in the workplace, let it go. I want to sing it right now. Let it go, let it go. How's that go? (laughs) Just let it go. Forgive and let it go. And I say that because of What Solomon says, King Solomon in chapter 19, verse 11. Turn with me to it. He just says, good sense. (laughs) Makes one slow to anger. And it is a glory. And it is his glory to what? Overlook an offense. And so cut each other slack. How are we doing? Number eight, avoid gossip. Let's turn back to chapter 11.